As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. I am Samantha Blackman, one of your co-hosts. I'm an associate professor uh, at Purdue University here in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, uh, where I study minority rhetorics and digital rhetoric. Um, and I am joined uh, this evening, as with every episode, by my two co-hosts, Alex Lane and Sarah White. Ladies. Woo! Yeah! Uh, I'm Alex Lane. I am a PhD student at Purdue in crappy West Lafayette. And just kidding. Just kidding, West Lafayette. Um, I study uh, rhetoric and composition and uh, with a specialty in gaming and gender issues. I'm also a famous interviewer and a boxer. Sarah? Wow. <laughs> I am Sarah White. And I know, I can't. <laughs> and I teach at Purdue North Central to the north of these two fine ladies. And if you check the Wikipedia entry on Westville, it may still say that we do have a slight zombie problem uh, up here in Westville. So you might check that out. Um, yeah, and I teach English and all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, that's me. So tonight um, we will do uh, kind of our usual spiel. We'll start out with what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Uh, and then we'll move on to our news, our indie game of the week, and our issue of the week. And we're starting a new fun series tonight uh, that we're all really excited about. And we hope you will be, too. Um, so we'll start with what you're playing. Um, and we'll let Alex start. Alex? <laughs> so as you uh, who follow us religiously, I'm sure there's thousands of you. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Sam and I participated in a 24-hour gamathon for charity. Um, if you want to see us at not our best or finest <laughs> moment, you can go ahead and watch the video uh, confessionals from that, which are very, very fun. Um, so I played a lot of games to try and keep myself awake. Unfortunately, I didn't play too many new ones because um, it was more about like survival than exploration <laughs> for me. So uh, I played uh, Call of Duty Black Ops a lot. Uh, Dance Central, also a lot. I think I put in about four hours of dancing. Yeah, you did. Which is unfortunate for everybody else in the room, let me tell you. Um, I played some Super Mario Brothers Wii, to which I threw my friend Patty in the lava about 15 times. I kept, I'm, I'm very good at that game, so I kept picking her up to carry her through the levels. But at that point, I was so out of it. I kept like throwing her down into lava and into holes and killing her accidentally. And I was trying to save her. It was very unfortunate. 
I played The Binding of Isaac, to which I have a, a very interesting... Can I toot my own horn and say it's yes, interesting? Absolutely. An interesting yeah. post up on uh, The Disturbingness, and I, I there's some good <laughs> videos in there, too. Um, I played... I feel like I've been talking forever. <sighs> I played Glowfish, uh, also, which was my indie game of the week last week, I believe, um, which I'm up to a couple hours on now, so that's good or not good. I played some Civ Five. I played... Uh, one of the most disturbing games I've ever played in my entire life called Viva Pinata. Holy crap, that game is that game is so disturbing. I'm gonna write oh, another blog yeah. about that next week. So And I look forward to your blog about that. I saw it was anticipated and I, I oh couldn't wait. Gosh, you can't even imagine how disturbing that game is. Um Okay, uh, I also played Edge on Steam, which is my uh, indie game of the week this week, and I downloaded a new game on the iOS, which Sam has still not installed. Thank you very much for being my neighbor. I'm doing that as we Jerk. speak. Uh, <laughs> called Tapfish 2, um, which is not totally revolutionary or anything. Um, it's it's a lot like uh, the iOS games, even iOS fish games that I've played before, but um, it's I don't know. I always find it sort of fun to play. I get into those games for like a week, and then they kind of... It kind of fade away but uh but yeah that's what i have been playing nice thank you wow i agree yeah. incredible <laughs> well i guess i can go to then sure yeah just let the <laughs> let the good times roll yeah um well as alex said we did we did the uh extra life marathon to raise money for children's miracle network and specifically riley children's hospital how much did you um, raise samantha do you know us as a group I can't yeah. remember. The overall thing was over a million dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, overall yeah. is over a million dollars. Yeah, good. Um, well, if when I get a final total, because I'm still having donations come in, oh, I yeah. will, uh, I will tell you what my final total was. Mine was two twenty five. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, everything's a competition. <laughs> I, but that's okay because I already beat her. Um, <laughs> Oh, now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I played a lot of different stuff. Um, I uh, Well, one thing that I played a lot of um, was Batman Arkham Asylum. Mm. Because I was trying to finish Batman Arkham Asylum before Batman Arkham City came out, which didn't happen. Um, because I needed, after, after I got really tired, I, I did need to shift and switch games a lot just to keep myself awake. Um, but I played a whole lot of Batman Arkham Asylum. I was going to say, you certainly put in the effort on that one. I did. I, but I love that game. It was a whole lot of fun. I'm really anxious to play Arkham City. Uh, but maybe I'll be able to get it on sale by the time I finish Arkham Asylum. Um, I played Fallout New Vegas. Um, I played Mario Kart for the Wii, of course. Well, I guess for the Wii. Because I guess it's available on DS, too. Um, I played, uh, Sims Medieval, um, for iOS, which, um, was not really very Sim-like and I didn't like it. Um, I played, well, I'll talk about that at another time. I played Tiny Towers on the iOS, which I'm addicted to, um, and I play on my iPad way, way, way too much. Um, I played some Angry Birds, Birds Seasons on my phone, um, and I played, well, see, there's another zombie game I played, Zombie Life, um, which, is, which is another one of those uh, time management games. They just have you as a zombie instead of a little person or, you know, anything else this time around. 
Um, yeah, I know. And then I played, oh, I still play a lot of other stuff. I played some Viva Pinata, um, <laughs> which I find more amusing than disturbing. Oh, please. Please. I thought it was fun, yeah. I, it's been forever since I played, uh, yeah, yeah, the pinata porn is a different story, but you know. Viva pinata porn, thank you. I didn't want to say it for the kids. Say what? Yeah. <laughs> There Viva is so Vignetta much porn. disgusting sex in that video game. Oh, no. You don't, even, you don't even realize because they package it in these cute little, oh, this game's for kids. And then, bam, Worm's doing it. But I'm sorry. That's another time. That's another time. <laughs> you guys watch them. He builds a little shit. And then as soon as they, they have sex and make a baby, then one of the other characters needs to go eat them. It's horrible. I'm sorry. Sam, I'm sorry. Continue, please. <laughs> oh, I promise I'll save it. Save it for your post, man. Save it for your post. Uh, I went back and played some Bastion, uh, but I was I was really really tired by the time I started playing Bastion. We were probably about twenty, mm-hmm. pretty close to twenty hours in, so my reflexes were really bad. Um, I played not during the during the marathon. I played some Connectimals, um, the demo anyway, um, and some of the new Once Upon a Monster game the new sesame street game um both kids kind of games uh, for the on the connect the demo as well um because i wanted to take a look at them before i tried them out with my daughter um to see if she would be interested in either of them before i went out and bought them so for six eight ten eleven different <laughs> games is what i'm counting that's what i played this week like people were asking me why i was walking around with like these huge eyes and like sallow skin and like Oh man, I've seen some things you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I I can hardly compete with this list, as you know. <laughs> but this week I returned, of course, to my familiar words with friends because I'm still sucked in the vacuum that is. You're an English teacher, professor. Let me play you and beat you. You know, so people want to to beat you and you're playing the Scrabble little Facebook game. So I had to deal with that. Yeah, my, nothing I, makes my mom happier than beating Sam. <laughs> she literally, like, will call and text me incessantly. Hey, 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 I just guessed her word. It was this. Isn't that good? Yeah, well, you know, the situation here involves a little bit of, uh, uh, how do I want to say this? It involves my relationship. And I my see. girl, yes, my girlfriend uh, challenged me to words with friends. So it's become very, it's become very personal and she beat me. (laughs) So, uh, that's resulted in some serious gaming attention to that particular game. Okay. So, and then, um, what else? Oh, well, I played a game relevant, a replay, a game relevant to our discussions for this evening. So I don't know if I should really mention it per se, but I did play Plants vs. Zombies, and then uh, a little bit of Angry Birds found its way in there, and then um, Gardens of Time. My, you know I like my hidden object games. Yeah, I'm over so, that game. So, yeah, really kind of the the boring, you know, soccer mom set is what I'm representing this week, but <laughs> that's all I really found time for other than the game of life, which I've played with gusto. With gusto, huh? Well, I tried. Alrighty, then that's what we're playing. Um, the next question up would be what you're reading. Um, and I have to admit, um, after, uh, doing the 24 hour marathon, I've been playing so much catch up, um, other than reading stuff for work. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm still reading through, um, 
Neil Stevenson's voluminous tome. Uh, read me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's very clever. That's about what I'm reading. Uh, that's all I'm reading. Uh, that's all I've been reading other than, um, I don't know, if you want to talk about Richard Miller and Geneva Smitherman and Keith Gilliard and Victor Villanueva, those folks. Nice. Building the master's tool or master's house up with the master's tools, huh? <laughs> mm. So that's what I was reading this week. Yeah, I haven't read anything. Don't tell my instructors that. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Um, but I was at, at least the... I did read for class. Oh, whatever. I uh, was at the Feminisms and Rhetoric Conference last week, which was so oh. fun. Um, but I was gone all week in Minnesota and uh, then came back and then had the 24-hour gaming marathon. And then I found out I was turning into a shark. So that all sort of snowballed and I haven't done any reading. However, I did have time to interview a very, very famous uh, video game designer. She used oh. to be a writer, I learned. Um, Sherry Grainer Ray. Uh, who I will be um, putting her her interview on the Ooh. the site um, nice. soon after some after some things happen, uh, and I just cannot wait for our listeners to hear that interview because it surprised me, it shocked me, I learned a ton, um, and she is absolutely amazing and incredible. So I'm very <laughs> excited about Good that. Wow. So is that can I cheat and say that an interview is kind of like reading? Is that cool? Yeah, um, cool, absolutely. Sure. All yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, because I'm going to try to sneak in The Walking Dead. Um, in preparation for this episode, I watched the first season of The Walking Dead. Ooh. So I was trying to educate myself on zombies. Uh, I did read some stuff more about on Kristeva, right, the abject. And I was trying to wrap Julia my head Christeva? around. Yeah. And I was trying to kind of get a sense of why zombies have sort of reached this, this amazing... Uh, um, explosion in our culture right now and why does they never seem to quite haha die in our lore <laughs> uh and so Ooh. i was i was checking that out and i did read an interesting article called textual analysis digital games and zombies and dealing mostly with resident evil 4 um there was another one it's it's on the internet this one but it's a master's thesis still the title grabbed my attention it was from voodoo to viruses the evolution of the zombie in 20th in the 20th voodoo, century bitch. who do you voodoo bitch but uh, i i like the idea because uh, other articles i'd read had mentioned of course how zombies are often race and oppression because zombie zombies sure. come out of a lot of the um okay tradition. let me just start by saying this you can stop talking about that now because whoever that was just kind of scooped me totally on what i was going to talk about <laughs> then i will <laughs> Stop talking. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. So the teaser for later on in the episode. The teaser for later. But anyway, I was educating myself on zombies in, in, in every way that I could. And of course they segue and they, you know, have this sort of relationship where they're kind of kissing cousins with the vampire. So, you know, it was all kind of blended together since I have the vampire course. So that was what I have been focusing my attentions upon. Uh cool. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I scoop every week. I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, the next uh, next question is one of our usual favorite questions. And I complained last week because <laughs> I was drinking coffee because we were we were recording um, in the morning. Well, I guess it was two weeks ago in the morning. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess it was two weeks ago. Wow. But now it's evening and I am still drinking coffee. Yes, I'm drinking coffee at 10.30 at night. I know. 
I know. I am using I'm drinking coffee at 10:30 at night. Why? Because I actually want to be able to stay awake through this podcast and be able to be a, a bit lucid. Um and I have some baking to finish up. We appreciate after, that. After after all is said and done. Baking? Baking. I'm going to give you a sound effect and you guys can guess what I'm drinking. Knowing you a scotch. Scotch. Scotch, mm. scotch, scotch. <laughs> I love my scotch, right? <laughs> It, Although I know everybody's disgusted now because you're supposed to drink scotch neat, but you know what? I was going to say, if it's, ice, if it's got ice, it's with Alex's scotch. You all can suck it because I like ice. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking. I'm very happy about it. I'm, I'm incredibly exhausted, and I find uh, found out that sharks drink scotch, so it's all cool. Interesting, this shark thing. Um, well, what happened is I lost a tooth. Um, lost as in got it pulled. Uh-huh. And one is growing back in its place. Awesome. No, it's like half in. That is the best. You're regenerating. I also stopped being able to sleep since the marathon. And then I've been taking a lot of baths to try and help myself sleep. So naturally, uh, Patty, my friend, decided that I am turning into a shark. Are you getting a fin on your back? Like you're getting kind of a weird hunchback? I, I've been having nightmares about it, but no, not yet. Okay. Uh, although well, I don't know. Maybe I am. You know sharks can't stop swimming or they die. Uh oh. Well, maybe that's why I've been drinking like a fish. Oh snap! Oh, oh yes. yes. I'm just yeah, good job. <laughs> well, Lord. well, on that idea, that's interesting <laughs> to me because my last name is White. So every now and then I put a shark in my profile picture because I'm the great White. Uh, ah, uh-huh. So anyway, uh, I'm even more classy. Uh, I went to Kmart because I was trying to kill time before an appointment and. I uh, bought some of my barefoot. You guys know I like my barefoot Chardonnay. Barefoot is, is quite cheap. So, uh, yeah, I am drinking uh, barefoot Chardonnay purchased at a Kmart on a rainy Indiana night. That just screams classy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or it sounds like a John Mellencamp song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a bit, a bit. A bit. So that's, that's been my, that's been my, what you're drinking. Nice. Okay, so that's the, what we've been drinking. Uh, let's go ahead and hit news of the week. News. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know we had a new song, but okay. That's the new yeah, news. We're going to have to come up with some audio, with a, with some audio for, uh, for news. You know, I did add a news story late, but I didn't know if you guys had seen this, but uh, several articles were talking that the Xbox 720... Oh yeah, the room way in 2013, mm, right? I, I did not see that. So it, it was in the same uh, section that was talking about how the again video game sales are on the downside; they're not as high as they expect. That's interesting, though, because I I saw a uh, uh, an article that I posted up here for you guys um, that DLC content is up. Oh, I see um, that. Yeah. Is up 11 percent in 2011, which is which is pretty sizable. I I think so. Um, um, definitely not all quote unquote video games. Perhaps just the uh, type of video game is uh, changing. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, but not only up, not only is it up, but but more than what is it? I think it's like 50 percent or 51 percent of all console owners at this point have purchased DLC, which is incredible. Well, I told you guys tonight. I I was going to get off buy something off steam because it's so instant that you know why go to the GameStop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. right true so anyway i anyway, think that's yeah, amazing that is exciting here's another interesting number i like numbers to, i like numbers this week too um 
uh, NPD uh, group um, co- collected a bunch of data in uh, in August of this year, anyway, and they have come up with the numbers that ninety one percent, ninety one percent of children in the U.S. between the ages of two and seventeen mm-hmm. are gamers. Wow! 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 That's huge. Ninety one percent, and I guess I can count my kid at three in that ninety one percent. Wow. 91%. How crazy is that? Well, that's replacing a lot of entertainment forms. Right? That bodes well for women, too, because obviously that, that includes plenty of women. Because they play with their kids. Not to, say that, not, to, not to say that men don't, but... Oh, well, I think... And also because it's, it's as many girls as boys playing, basically, right? If it's 91%... Yeah, if it's 91% of kids, that's, plenty, that's a lot of women. A lot of girls. Yeah. A lot of girls playing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was a pretty cool number for me, I thought. That is. That's quite amazing. But, yeah, it, because it's been incorporated in their education by now. It's, it's you know, it's everywhere. Yeah, I guess so. That's interesting. What else you got? And I'll throw in my other one. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay, so I have a few just random ones that I just want to mention real quick, uh, not really talk about. Uh, one, which I am crazy excited about, which I found out about today, is there's this new game, Lollipop Chainsaw, coming out, <laughs> which is supposed to be, like, rainbow bright killing fucking zombies okay so not actual rainbow bright but like that yeah um and i just i find that so hilarious so i'm gonna i guess i don't need to talk about it later but uh but i'm it looks horrible and exploitative and sexist but uh but uh also freaking hilarious so so i'm excited to to see what happens with that sort of Uh, sort of sounds like uh, buffy yeah uh, she's a, uh, she's a little, she's a little less of a character than Buffy. Buffy's a pretty substantial character. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, uh, there's a new study out about, uh, a long, a, a really long study that they did about, um, how much time you spend playing violent video games and then, um, your actual violent effects. Uh, it was, it was hard. It sounded like it was on a, what was it on? Game Politics News and they didn't really have a ton of information about it, just that the study came out. Um, the only solid piece um, that they had was that they were linking it to a decrease in actual crime rates. So, like, the huh. amount of time you spent playing violent video games um, de- decreased the amount of, of likelihood that you committed a violent crime. Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta tell you, violent video games have kept me from killing many a folk. Oh, man, <laughs> I come home and I kill the crap out of some people and I feel so much better. I think it's true. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. I'm excited to see what the rest of the study says. Um, CCP, uh, <laughs> I wrote cutes, uh, cuts 20% of staff. They're the people <laughs> who make EVE Online. Um, mm-hmm. So that's sort of uh, an issue for some people. I know a few, a few of my friends who are obsessed with EVE Online. So look out. Uh, also, they're making a video game to recreate the death of Gaddafi. Oh come on! Um, the the pl- the people that made the game about uh, uh, who was it? Um, Osama bin Laden being killed. They made a flash yeah. game about it. So they're making. They just announced today they're going to make one of Gaddafi um, being killed. And that then, was fast, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then my absolute favorite story of the week um, is the creator of Final Fantasy series and of couple other really big games yeah. what are you guys laughing already yeah <laughs> I am. uh at the, at the i think it was at the game developer conference that happened last week 
Um, GDC online. Right. And in, in an interview or whatever said when he was being asked about why he made his female characters so like hypersexualized and et cetera, et cetera. He said, uh, this shouldn't be shocking, but for me, it, it, it feels good to hear it be said. Um, he, uh, said that he doesn't care about like the depth and, um, and stuff about female characters that he makes female characters that he would want to sleep with. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the writer of this article on Kotaku writes, this is a quote, most of the egregiously sexist character designs are based on fuckability rather than playability. Wow. Absolutely. Which it just feels so good that they finally admit that because I've heard such bullshit arguments like, oh, well, you know, the female characters need to, you know, need to be smaller because of this or no, their frames wouldn't support armor mm. because blah, blah, blah. Like, finally, there's no more excuses. Obviously, they're making characters they want to fuck. Mm. Not that are good characters um, or people want to play them or wh- anything mm-hmm. just sex symbols. And I think that uh, that little tiny line just uh, fueled, fueled a lot of conversation. I hope in the female gaming community and hopefully some backlash about the crappy female characters that have been made lately, but not just lately, but you know, mm-hmm. so that was, that is my by far favorite news story of the week. <laughs> Nice. Well, I got well, I got one thing that I think is really interesting, and and I want to throw out there. Um, it was in um, a news story um, the in the National Defense Business and Technology magazine um, last week, actually, because mm. um, everybody well not everybody I tend to get interested in in what the military is doing with games. Mm. Um, just to see how they're using them. And the military, the Army actually, um, is testing out a strategy game um, that puts, uh, that teaches folks who are being sent to Afghanistan how to think like a local village elder. And the game's called Culture Shock Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like it's more of a, interestingly enough, a casual game because there, people are supposed to log in every day and play from like five to 15 minutes and then they make decisions based on stuff that's happening in their world. It's kind of like Facebook games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's supposed to be played in short bursts, and they make these decisions based on what's going on in in their in their world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's supposed to help them learn about the culture of Afghanistan, um, and and they also, in order to kind of help uh, help them make the decisions that they need to make. Um, they can access their uh, reference guide that they call Afghanpedia. <laughs> oh, no. Wikipedia for Afghanistan. Oh, wow. <clears throat> wow. Right. And interestingly enough, they're supposed to log in for five to 15 minutes every day, and it's an eight-week course. So it's not very long, but, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that's all the uh, all the cultural awareness they need in order to go over. That's right. Ten minutes a day, that's all you need. Wow. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I thought that was interesting. That is yeah. interesting. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that about all we got for news this week? That's all I got. Sarah? That's all I got. I mean, I, I just found, I found one other one that talked about video games helping Parkinson's, but I, that didn't seem like it was necessarily new. But it was interesting. Gaming can help with the, with the symptoms and the, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of excited okay. the new things technology is doing for... Uh, Medicine, not necessarily on like a curing route, mm-hmm. right? Because that's been around for a long time. But I just did a data visualization unit, and one of my 
business writing courses and it was talking about how data visualizations have done so much for getting the word out there about diseases and it's helped people see, you know, di- quote unquote disorders in a different way. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, that, that's all I knew. What about Scotchy Scotch? You got the indie game of the week. <laughs> I was going to say the soft tinkling of ice is making me want to, is making me want to drink. Well, it sounds so classy. Usually what I do is mute it when I'm taking a drink, but I think I'm past the point of caring, so you're just going to hear my <laughs> ice for the rest of the episode. I'm so tired. just sounds so classy. I think I'm going to have a drink while I finish my baking this evening. Yeah. <laughs> I have. definitely um, suggest everybody have a drink. So, <laughs> uh, Okay, so Indie Game of the Week. Uh, the Indie Game of the Week is Edge, which uh, in not so many words, is totally weird. So I realize this is not a new game. Those of you who have iOS and iPad have uh, been able to get this game since 2008. Um, I had never seen it before. Uh, it, it just came out on Steam in August. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I downloaded it finally. Um, it's... Uh, so... It won, a bun- it won a bunch of awards, like for being a good indie game, and has an 85% rating, and has got up some acclaim. Um, it's a really simple game, and I don't know why, but it's so disturbing to play. Uh, maybe it was because I played it a bunch after I'd been awake for like 16 hours. <laughs> like, you're this cube, and you have to. it's meant for you to like drag your finger around on your screen to like move the cube, but I played mm-hmm. it, obviously I played it on a on my laptop, so I had to use, like, my trackpad and stuff. But so, um, you're, like, you're this cube, and you, like, move around, but and you're, like, walking around on a island of cubes. Um, can you hear Smalls trying to get in the room? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, then, like, you have to try and balance your weight on things and, like, use momentum to get across, like, bridges and stuff. And I don't know, like, it's it's one of those games that I could, that I'm, like, I, I've been thinking about it a lot, so I think I'm addicted to it already. Uh, and the, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. I also think it's interesting to play games that are obviously made for the iOS and then get transferred to the PC because um, I think, I think most of the ones I've experienced are the other way around. Um, they have the PC version and then they make it for the iOS. So uh, this was, uh, I guess, Angry Birds is not that way but anyway um so i i really like this game it's simple it sort of is indicative of what a good indie game is for me which is like simple but kind of pretty and intriguing and uh so i i it might keep me up at night but i hope someone else out there has uh, played this and sends us a note or something because uh (laughs) i don't know if it was just me being crazy but it feels weird the game just feels really odd so Sounds intense. Yeah, and then um, I wanted to throw on here my indie game for next week um, because it's ten percent off right now, so it's like four bucks or something. Um, yeah. It's going to be Lightfish, and it looks a little like Glowfish, but uh, I think it's uh, going to be a little more sinister. So I'm sort of excited for that. Um, so if anybody wants to uh, play along with my indie game of the week, you can check that out, and I'll talk about it next week. Cool. Done. Blink. At least she didn't spike it. Um, (laughs) Well, my indie game of the week really doesn't count because it was Alex's indie game of the week last week. Um, I, of course, played along with, shall we say, some uh, Binding of Isaac. Mm. Um, And by play, I meant scream to people what they should do instead of uh, 
instead of actually yeah playing. you sort of backseat gamered that one <laughs> i did i backseat gamered that one because i was trying to play i was trying to play batman arkham asylum at the same time see i was trying to i was really trying to demonstrate the skills during the 24-hour marathon <laughs> and see how many games i could play at the same time well i, I mean it's not your fault either because when i was playing binding of isaac there was a huge crowd around and the game's so freaking disturbing you can't not watch right like there's zombie oh, fetuses I, running around i totally have to play spitting this game blood now. at I you and yeah I, between the blog and how much you've talked about it i must play this game yeah it's totally disturbing yeah totally and completely check out my blog yeah your <laughs> blog is great yeah. <laughs> pictures and everything mm -hmm. i didn't oh. play an indie game i'll just admit it <laughs> so <laughs> for shame for shame i know shame I'm falling down on the job i will next time all right so next up, we have our issue of the week. It's the Not Your Mama's Gamer Video Game Time Capsule. Um, we have decided uh, that we are going to do our um, time capsule series. Uh, and I'll explain a bit of what the time capsule series is. The time capsule series is just this. Um, we talk a lot about a lot about games as social critique, as cultural critique. Um, so what we're going to do uh, during the time capsule series is every uh, episode we're going to choose a series of games, related games, thematically related games um, that we would include <clears throat> in a time capsule that we would bury to be retrieved a hundred years from now. Of course, along with the hardware that would be necessary to play these games in case people are going, well, nobody's going to have an Xbox in a uh, <laughs> hundred years. <clears throat> we'll all be playing in our heads, yeah, that might be the case. But we're going to include the hardware as well. So, um, and what we want to think about is what, in a hundred years, people would glean about us as a society based on the games that we include in that time capsule. So what do these games mean? <clears throat> so this week, we chose Zombies. Um we like Cue Sarah. the zombie noise. Cue the zombie noise. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> That's what I'm good for. <laughs> Sarah chose Sarah thought zombies would be a great choice for this week with Halloween coming and all. Um, because we won't record again before Halloween. Oh. Today's the, yeah, today's the twentieth, so we won't record again before Halloween. Um, so yeah, this will be a Halloween episode. Yay! <clears throat> Trick or treat. Uh, <laughs> smell like uh, ghosts I don't know I didn't know what to throw in there <laughs> like... <laughs> so uh, we thought we'd talk a bit about zombies um, and uh, the zombie games that we've played recently and and um, I don't want to start because um, I, I want to <laughs> I don't want to start because I'll talk forever if you let me start what if I scoop you you won't. Well, if you scoop me, I'll just tell you shut up. <clears throat> oh well, that'll be just like any other day. Well, I'm apparently a good scooper without even knowing it. So, 
Uh, well, I can start. I can talk about uh, the game that I buried in the time capsule. What game are you adding to the time capsule? I am adding Black Ops. Um, and Black Ops, I think, has a ton uh, of uh, a possibility as far as time capsules go. But specifically, the zombie modes are what I want to have looked at in 100 years to tell us about our culture. So here's some of the things that I think it says about us. First, you have to look at um, all the different boards in the zombie uh, in the zombie uh, part of Black Ops. Um, I listed a few of them here. Uh, and what I think is really fascinating is that the different boards have different types of zombies. So Five has American zombies. Uh, Shinonuma, I'm probably going to say tons of these wrong. I don't know, uh, Japanese or German. Uh, have Imperial Japanese zombies. The arcade version has Soviet zombies. The moon has an unknown category of zombies, which is fitting because they're from space. Um, Nachter Undertoten something has Nazi zombies, uh, and as well as these are Nazi zombies all the way down here. Verukt, Deris, and Kino Dertoten. Um, all four of those wor worlds have Nazi zombies. Um, and there's a couple other ones too, but I don't have fancy map packs, so meh. Um, what I thought was most, uh, well, no, okay, let me keep going. So the, some of the playable characters in most of these le levels are historical characters. Uh, John F. Kennedy, Kennedy, Fidel Castro, Richard Nixon, Robert McNamara. Um, and so I think it's sort of interesting. And I know I've talked a lot about on the, on the different, on different blogs about how games recast historical situations and historical characters um, to kind of say something new. And what I find really interesting is that um, the way these levels pick out particular historical characters and groups and sort of recast them. So the Nazis are recast as zombies. And so, so what does this say about our culture and the things that are okay to make fun of and the things that are okay to kill, the things that are okay to turn into zombies, uh, right? So, so the Nazis uh, are definitely on the okay list, according to this. This is what this video game would be arguing. Imperial Japanese zombies... American zombies, Soviet zombies. Um, it, it's sort of cast in a, uh, uh, in a, you know, probably, probably 60 years ago, 70 years ago, something like that. Um, and then uh, interesting that Kennedy, um, Kennedy and Castro and Nixon and, and McNamara are the four main characters because they would not be the characters I chose. Um, but of course they were important in this time period. Uh, so I thought it was interesting about how it calls into question who it's okay to commit violence against, particularly because you usually have, like, faceless uh, enemies, you know, just like sort of the ensign or the redcoats, you would call mm -hmm. them. Like, the one, it's like like on Star Trek where it's it's Picard and Riker and Troy and then Ensign, bloody blah And you're like, oh, crap, Ensign, bloody blah is going to die, right? So, uh, so usually you have sort of this like faceless um, enemy and here you have a particular category of people. So I thought that was sort of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's interesting what it says about the historical characters that still matter in culture, but the ones you can kind of make fun of. Um, and then I, me personally, what I thought was um, really intriguing is, is that there's no women in the zombie modes. There's not zombie women. Um, there's not zombie protagonists. Of course, there's not women in the entire game, so that's not surprising. Uh, right. But I think that would say a lot about our culture if someone opened this 100 years from now. So, mm -hmm. man, I need to take a breath now. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I am excited about that topic. So, awesome. no, I think that's I think that's awesome, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the the I, I listed like 
500 different zombie games that I, that I, that I played and continue to play. But I guess one of the ones that I want to focus on would probably be, um, well, got to do it. The Resident Evil series. Mm. And, and I want to choose them all. So we're going to put them all on one big collector's disc and do the Resident Evil collection from yeah. Resident Evil to Resident Evil 5. Mm-hmm. I'm cheating. Yeah. Well, really, wasn't, wasn't that the game that kind of brought the zombie... You know, it wasn't that the one that kind of brought zombies into the gaming world in yeah. full. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, well, one of the things I think about the one of the thing about zombies, if we if we kind of put it out there and say, what what does this say about our society? Mm-hmm. I think Resident Evil is one of the is is the one series of games that says a number of different things, both about um, what we think about people and what we think about what we think about corporations as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Resident Evil definitely is one of the games that will indicate to folks that, um, or or make people uh, suspicious of the fact that we may think that corporations are indeed evil, because Umbrella Corp is definitely mm-hmm. the evil entity here. And, and, is, and they kind of take science along with them. Sure. That right. Suspicion, I mean, yeah. In that, in that they are the ones that are causing... Um, you know, are causing this zombie outbreak. And I think that this is a really interesting thing. I mean, because here in Resident Evil is where we st- where we get that, where we really get that shift from the undead zombie to the viral zombie. And I think that that's sure. a huge deal, right? Yeah. Because by the time we get to, by the time we get to Resident Evil 5, um, we've got some real problems going on in that, Right now, we have zombies that are we have zombies on the we have zombies in the motherland, right? We have mm-hmm. zombies on the African continent who are zombies because of a bloodborne illness, right? Right, that's fucked up beyond belief in a number of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> that is so reminiscent of the AIDS virus, right? Yeah, I mean, and here you have. Um, once again, the white colonizer who has to go into—I mean, really—they couldn't find any any black person on the on the whole fucking on the whole fucking continent to fight the zombies. No, they had to fly, find white military male to come in and solve this problem, right? To save yeah. the to <laughs> save the to save the motherland from herself, in essence, right? So mm-hmm. we have this really interesting thing going on, and then he also he brings along a sidekick, right? <laughs> he brings along a sidekick who is a black woman or an African woman who is working for um, who is working for yet again another evil corporation. Well, not evil in the sense of Umbrella Corps, but still evil in that she is working alongside of the military, right, to kill mm-hmm. people who are like herself. Right. And she is, again, is once again, we have the same, you know, we get, you know, we get uh, we get whore or Madonna, mm-hmm. um, and and her regular clothing is, is skimpy enough, but then we also get lots of tribal, you know, get lots of images of her in tribal kind of clothing, which is equally sexy um, and sexualized, which is really fucked up. Um, because, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, fight zombies in a loincloth bikini. Well, sure. Um, you don't want to get that blood on your clothes, you know. Obviously. Right. Well, you want it to <laughs> on your skin, especially when you're talking about blo- bloodborne pathogens. Right. <laughs> uh, so, 
I mean, and she indeed, in, in many ways, especially when you start talking about the way she gets sexualized, is, um, as Alex put in show notes, when we start talking about zombies and, and female zombies, a walking pair of tits. Um, or in this case, a walking and shooting pair um, that is killing others, right? So we have all of these interesting things that are going on in Resident Evil that I think um, we see playing out in some of the other um, in some of the other zombie games, like if we go back and we look at some of the other kind of more straight shooter zombie games like House of the Dead and Dead Rising, where a lot, I mean, and even we've seen it in our zombie movies as well. Um, God, Night of the Living Dead. I was like, what is the name of it? Like <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Every, it has the obligatory, obligatory mall scene, right? Yep. Where the zombies are coming in to kind of coming into a mall where survivors are hiding in order to, or su- survivors are being saved by the mall. How's that? Mm-hmm. Um, and zombies are trying to get in and kill them, right? So here we have a different spin on capitalism, right? Capitalism saves um, when we start talking about the malls and like house and like um, House of the Dead, Dead Rising, right? Or, and House of the Dead, even more than that. Um, just thinking about capitalism is also really into zombies as as these scientific um, mm-hmm. snafus, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, interestingly enough, a lot of our zombies these days are anti-science, um, anti-science, anti-capitalism, well, anti-other well, uh, in many different ways, right? Because it, if we it, talk about yeah. Resident Evil 5, we had mm-hmm. Africans. Talk about uh, uh, Resident Evil 4, we had Hispanics, right? Right. I'm sorry, Sarah, what were you going to say? Well, no, I was just going to say what, what it seems like is that you have these, when corporations get in bed with science, or actually when science gets in bed with corporations, when they sell out and sell out their science, then we have the catastrophe and then we have the zombies as like their their unborn, diseased result. You know what I mean? It's like when science is something pure and knowledge gets in bed with money, it, the result is catastrophic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it, it is a very interesting thing, right? Because, and I think that the, the capitalism saves um, zombie comes, comes from the more classic zombie movie, right? That's, that's more old mm-hmm. school. And we get to see, we see that more in the remakes um, or the, the Night of the Living Dead flavored games than we do in the kind of the more straight shooter, um, more um, original games i would say like resident evil that are that are that are taking a different spin on it mm-hmm. so i think that's really you know that's one of the things about the resident evil series is that especially if you start thinking about from the original resident evil good lord that must have been Oof, that's a long time ago it had to be at least 15 years ago right yeah 14, that's in the 90s years. right yeah um, the original Resident Evil to Resident Evil 5, and I'm not even going to talk about upcoming Resident Evils. <laughs> yeah, because that's a whole other story. That's why I, I cut it off and I said I'm definitely in the, in the 19, 1996, right? So if we talk about um, the, uh, the Resident Evils from 1996 to uh, Resident Evil 5 in 2008. God, was it that? And it um, still persists. Is that yeah. interesting? That interesting kind of evolution of the zombie that we see in this. I mean, and and Resident Evil is one of the first series for me, anyway, that gives us um, a female protagonist who is, well, she may be wearing tight clothing, um, <laughs> is not naked, and that's another reason I stopped at Resident Evil Five and didn't want to move into any of the more 
the the upcoming Resident Evil, like Resident Evil Revelations. Yeah, I could talk about that real quick if you want, because um, uh, <laughs> we were talking before. Resident Evil is the first. Uh, if anybody who listens to the podcast regularly knows, uh, I when I play a game, I play it feverishly for <laughs> like forty hours straight, and then uh, and then never play it again. Uh, usually, so Resident Evil Two was the first game that I played start to finish and I remember the 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 uh, her outfit and mm-hmm. it was sort of like these red shorts they were kind of short and then like a full top that yeah. like didn't have the boobs cut out and it was kind of it was short sleeve but not like super short mm-hmm. um it was like a reasonable outfit and then if you look at the Resident Evil um Revelations character oh um, yeah this is where the pair of walking tits come in mm-hmm. um there's an interesting tits article and ass Right, yeah. tits and ass, and and DNA. I I love this this uh this uh quote from this article that I read on Kotaku. Uh, is it is it me or Ka- is Capcom getting lazier with its creation of minor characters in its Resident Evil franchise? I got absolutely no sense of Rachel's character. Only discovering that she has a pert ass, a fine pair of norks, which I have no idea what a nork is, yep. but never heard that. Um, and an impractical haircut. So her hair covers three quarter of her face, and and the yeah. author goes on to talk about how in a horror game. Like, the characterization of the person is so dependent on their face that it really shows the lack of characterization that Capcom put into her that they covered three quarters of their face. Like, there's only two things we want gamers to see. Right. And it ain't her face. They're denying her identity. Jill Valentine never had her face covered. Yeah, absolutely. Jill Valentine kicked ass and took names, okay? And she was still... (laughs) good-looking, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with Jill Valentine. She was a little bit... Ditsy, but that's okay. Was she? Yeah, Maybe sometimes. I romanticize her. I don't remember. It could be because she had some moments where she's like, well, "What are we gonna do?" You know, I mean, like, I don't know. She was still kind of. Well, it's certainly not. It's no. certainly not Rachel. So. <laughs> she was yeah, right. sexualized or ditsified. It doesn't. You know. <laughs> we either but have I... one choice or the other. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. I mean, and but then at the same time we have, you know, she's she is Jill Valentine. She is not Shiva Alomar, who you know, Shiva is a is a real character in that she fights the zombies, mm-hmm. but she's so over sexualized and silenced in many ways that it it becomes problematic. Well, it'd be right? so much more interesting if she was allowed if they dealt allowed that character to to delve into the complexity of her conflict. Right. And that's something sure. that she really doesn't, she doesn't really get to do. It's like, and she doesn't look like, even though her backstory is that she is African, she doesn't look like the other Africans. She is nowhere near as dark. She is almost the same as complexion, same complexion as Chris Redfield. Mm-hmm. Right. So they want to clearly separate her from the other from the other others right and in that she must look different she must act different and she must kill them mm-hmm. in order to kind of justify her own continued existence interesting i never thought about it like that I'm, yeah that's interesting so that would be the one that would be one of the ones that i would add okay to the uh to the box to the box well uh the one that i would add if if it's it's okay with everybody is, is plants versus zombies i mean we see this as as a big game right now it's it was as probably 
almost as explosive as Angry Birds, right? I know a lot of people that aren't gamers that were compulsively. I mean, people, were, there's like a fad about like yeah. the tattoos of Plants vs. Zombies. So yeah. Oh my god, there's a huge merchandise. There's huge merchandising out there that also go along with Plants vs. Zombies, and what was interesting to me is that kind of going along with what piggybacking uh, piggybacking on what Samantha had said about you know capitalism saves the mall, you know, it, 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 only in the reverse with Plants vs. Zombies for me. What we see in the wave after wave of zombie is they're wearing suits, they're wearing ties, they are marked as male, right? Uh, you have the catapulting zombie, but he's still like a, a male jog, blonde hair, you know. And then you have uh, some zombies with newspapers and their, and their little half glasses, and they're like supposed to be sort of, I suppose, old men. And so I definitely saw them as representing patriarchy. I saw them as representing the middle class because they're wearing suits. Right, they're not wearing t-shirts and jeans. They're not wearing shorts. Or, mm -hmm. They're not ambiguously dressed. They're marked as male, mm -hmm. and they are attacking to come to your house. Now, what we have then are plants, okay? And plants are our defense, and they are the ones who are you know we have to plant the right garden, and we will be able to prevail against these <laughs> zombies that sort of represent patriarchy to me, represent <laughs> capitalism to me, represent. Uh, you know, money, because if you kill some of them, you can get money from them, which I thought was also sort of oddly misplaced, but also fitting. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we already know, I mean, if we look at our society now, okay, people say, oh, global warming, global climate change is not happening. Well, okay, unless you're dumb. You know, we had like 20 to 20 foot uh, waves in Chicago. We're supposed to have a horrible winter. You know, something's going on with the climate. Mm -hmm. The argument, of course, is made is that corporations and money and greed, capitalism are big reasons for why our environment is drastically changing. So what we have is this sort of uh, revenge tale of sorts, revenge allegorical cathartic experience here where the plants now, nature, us replenishing the earth, us making earth our quote unquote weapons while they do it literally, you know, you can also see the figurative aspect here that the sunlight is our is what we need. It's not money that we need. We need sun to grow the plants that will protect us from the mindless, money grubbing, suit wearing zombies. Sure. Um, <laughs> to me, this was an ultimate kind of social critique on our on our state of 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 the world right now, at least in terms of of our American culture mm. and. And sort of encouraging us to rise up and, and take care of our earth because it will ultimately protect us against these forces. So while we look at like Resident, the Resident Evil series, specifically as Samantha mentioned, where you have like from it's become a virus and, and you have corporations in bed with science and they've been corrupted. And that virus is what's turning zombies into, you know, these things. This yeah. game puts the spin on that to kind of suggest that we. Uh, plants, nature, the organic world, it will ultimately save us if we take care of it, tend it, plant it, and everything else. So if, if I was going to put one, even in its simplicity, you know, it's not the most amazing graphics, it's not the most amazing gameplay necessarily, but it's such a deeper uh, metaphor for what, I, for what is going on in our world right now that I, I, when I stopped to think about it on deeper turns, I was just blown away by just the depth of what it was suggesting to us. But then like my blog was about nature and video games and, and how those interact, which I, I just think is really something to be mined. But that, that's the one I would pop in the box. Yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. I mean, now, see, I, I know I've played, I've played and beat 
Plants vs. Zombies, both on my computer and on uh, my phone. Now I want to now I want to download and play it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was really addicted to Plants vs. Zombies for a while there. <laughs> so, <clears throat> do we have time for one more little one? Yeah, we can do one more little one. How's that? Um, I was thinking about talking a little bit about Dead Island because um. Oh yeah. We both we both played it, and I thought. I thought Dead Island marks a really interesting turn because yeah. it's the first game that I played at least that sexualizes the female zombies. Yes. So you, there's these scenes with like, you know, the female zombies with like their rotting flesh wearing bikinis and sitting out drinking daiquiris by the pool or whatever, you Gross. know, like, yeah. and they're, uh, and I, and I, it, the first thing I thought when I saw it is it reminded me of the, uh, of Jane Eyre, the woman in the attic, right? Like Perfect. you have this sort of, uh, this this woman who acts only on instinct and libidinal power and things like that. Um, and that has some sort of interesting sexualization to it. Um, so I, I mean, I, there's the fem- whole feminist horror uh, aspect of the game also, which we've talked about, but, uh, but the sexualization of women was really interesting. And Sam, I was wondering what you thought about that whole thing. You know, I am so down with you on that one. I mean, I think the, that was one of the things that did disturb me. And in, in a number of ways in playing that game was that you and and maybe it was just the fact that they stood out so much. But when yeah. I was playing the game, it seemed that there were more female zombies than male zombies. Mm-hmm. And, and, and kind of that's anecdotal, totally and completely. And like I said, it probably is because it stood out to me so much more. Um, and it was very odd to have to kill these women. Um, and oftentimes you were killing them in, in with melee weapons. So you're like, so it's like you're beating the shit out of a woman with like a crowbar or a baseball. Which has like or, some weird penetrating, uh, necrophiliac, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, connotations. It's it real problematic for a number of reasons. And then even the women that you, you know, the women that are on the Island that you encounter, the, the ones that are not dead mm-hmm. or not undead, um, mm-hmm. are women that, that, you know, are irritating and helpless and constantly screaming at you to do something about the situation and are not active in any way. Right. Well, I, cause I, well, because I played male, I played a male character when I played the game rather Sam than B. playing one. I played Sam B. Um, rather than playing one of the female characters. I mean, and, and to, to add that one to the, <laughs> to the time capsule, that would definitely, um, that would definitely tell somebody a whole lot about um, if, if not give them an, give them a false idea of what, um, what folks were like a hundred years ago would definitely give them an interesting idea about what, what folks thought about minorities. Yes. Black stereotypes for sure. Black stereotypes. When, I mean, that was, that was the, your mother was a crack whore. Your, your father is a, your father was a convict. And so you became a rapper. And so you became a rapper, right? Oh, um, and then, of course, there was the uh, half-Aboriginal woman. Um, what was her name? Like Puma or something? Yeah, what? whose name was Puma? like Puma. Yeah. Puma Puna, I don't remember. Uh, who? who, who um, oh, was she the one who joined... Joined the to basically when you talk about Aboriginal Aboriginal folks who joined the oppressor, uh, became a police officer, and then... Was um, sexually lo- assaulted? Lost her job for for shooting a child molester in the genitals. Yeah, that's right. Oh man. Um, yeah. She castrated um, him, and then she was the one who unlocked the feminist horror achievement. Right. Later renamed, I think it was Gender Wars or something. Yeah. 
And then it, it was, was some sort of, if, when if she killed a male a... zombie, she got some yeah. sort of bonus. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course we had the, the, uh, the Asian blade specialist, uh, who was a woman as well. Um, nice. and then, uh, then our football hero. Yeah. I was going to say the, the white dude with the tattoos and the trouble past who fell the from trouble, grace, the trouble past, the fall from grace, the alcohol, the drugs, so the, amazing. the drunk driving, uh, the, the drunk, drunk driving, that's right. snafus. Um, I mean, so, I mean, it, it, it was rife with stereotypes to say the very, very least. Right. I mean, yeah. And the, the whole feminist whore thing was really, really, really problematic to begin with. But just cause you just mentioned that it really made really made me, um, kind of really re- helped me recall the fact that there is also, um, and I think most people probably heard about this by now, but it, it's been divulged that there is a um, an achievement that's going to be in Saints Row the Third. that's like Horde, W-H-O-R-E-D. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a Horde achievement in, in Saints Row the Third. So, yeah, we're rife, we're rife with whores these days. Oh, whores up to the up to the... That's horrible. That's horrible. That's horrible. horrible. No pun intended. Sad. Sorry. So is that our time capsule? I think that's our time capsule for the week. That's quite the time capsule. I'm sad. Quite the freaking time capsule. Well, we can talk. Mm -hmm. We can also talk about the the zombie fetuses and. You know, let's just leave the binding of Isaac (laughs) zombie fetuses that cry blood at you. Oh. Um, to the nice. to people who want to go play that game because that that's you know that's its own thing. Wow. Should we cheer up with some games of the uh, deals of the week? Yes, absolutely. Da, 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 da. There's real good ones this week. Uh, uh, the the Broken Sword trilogy is fifty percent off on good old games, but that was there last week or two weeks ago too, right? Yeah. Uh, or was it on Steam? It was on Steam two weeks ago. Okay, so there's that one on good old games this week. If you didn't. Pick up, pick that up because uh, you didn't get paid or something, and now you want to pick it up. Go ahead. On Steam, uh, Alice Madness Returns is fifty percent off. The Commandos Collection is fifty percent off. Deus Ex is twenty five percent off, and Batman Arkham Asylum is fifty percent off. So there is so much good stuff going on on uh, Steam. There's also a ton of games that we couldn't possibly list that are ten percent off. Um, like I said, the uh, the Light Fish, which I will be playing next week for my indie game of the week. Um, is 10% off, so that's exciting. Uh, on Amazon, Day of Sex, Day of Sex, Day of is sex. 40% off. Modern Warfare is 50% off. And mm-hmm. Nailed, which I had not heard of before, it looks like some sort of four-wheeling game, uh, is 80% off. So oh. you can't really go wrong with an 80% off game no matter what it's about, so. Well, yeah, you can't. Well, okay, maybe you can. <laughs> hey, but... hey, we're going to be positive, okay? Well, since, since you're throwing out Steam games, and we've been talking about these games before, you can for the low, low price of $10.19 on um, Steam, get Grand Theft Auto 3. It's the 20th anniversary of Grand Theft Auto 3. Can you freaking oh, believe that? Wow, wow. Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto, uh, and Grand Theft Auto 2. All five games for $10.19. Um, no way. Right. That's the weekend deal um, for five. Now, if you want if you want um the complete pack all seven games you get it for 12.49 that's oh, incredible Lord, that's amazing if i wanted to kill me some prostitutes i would totally get that no shit 
Well, uh, you also get because we talked about this last. I think we talked about this last week. The Ballad of Gay Tony. You in, in the in the Ooh. complete pack that includes uh, episodes from Liberty City, which is going to give you the Ballad of Gay Tony. You know, I would I would sort of get that just to play the Ballad of Gay Tony. That's such an interesting uh, uh, DLC. Yep, because well, when it was re- when it was released separately on its own disc, um, it wasn't DLC. It was you could just play it separately. Weird, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because you could buy the disc and you got the Ballad of Gay Tony and something else. There were two things on the disc when it when it when it released. Um, if you bought it on disc rather than downloading it as content for for um, four. Mm, interesting. Wow, yeah. they've got all kinds of deals. I just visited the site. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff this weekend. I'm I'm definitely going to be. Uh, I have a uh, two. I have four, business writing and then business writing for entrepreneurs. Both turned in giant projects that I have to grade. So I'm going to go ahead and buy me some Steam games to spend my weekend on <laughs> avoidance therapy. I can feel that. I got a bunch of grading to do too. But well, see, I've got I've got projects coming in on Tuesday from my class. So I'm going to really need to to you know play some games. I haven't played anything. <laughs> anything on a console since the since the marathon even though it says something about a game when you come home from playing games for 24 hours and you really think about plugging your plugging your console <laughs> in so that you can play the game more no i i totally hear you i came home and played some black ops which i know you would be disgusted about but what do you do <laughs> you really are a black ops i don't know not. what my pro I, I think it's because i'm finally getting good at first person shooters and i've been so bad really? at them for so long that i'm like I can't Enjoy stop. it now before you get to, before you get older and your reflexes slow down. Well, here's the problem yeah. though. Now that I started boxing, like I can hardly like I can't pick up a piece of paper with my thumb and my pointer finger. Oh, so I think I need like I need steroids. Can can you get hand steroids for gamers? That's what I need. Yeah, you can. I oh, mean, no, what? I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Side oh, job, games. no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, okay. So that was uh, our time capsule for this time. Um, and those are our deals for the week. Uh, so I guess that's actually about it. Can you believe it? We made it through another one. 21. We can go out and 21. buy some of our own scotch here. We're going to have some shots. Woo! <laughs> Power hour. Yeah. Um, da 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 da. We can find it out. We can. Find, I was like, "What are we? What is? What's our next time capsule?" Oh, what? that's a good point. Let's see the one I suggested that Sarah liked. Oh, I did say one. What was that? Point and click. Point and click adventures. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, there's better ones. What can we do? Well, there was. I liked. Uh, Samantha had one too. Um, uh, uh, apocalypse uh, ones. Apocalyptic Ooh. ones, which do kind of overlap zombies. No, not the, not the ones where I'm thinking about. Yeah, like Deus Ex would be a good one. Oh, uh, okay, Fallout yeah, yeah. would be a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fallout, those will be good. Or, oh, um, yeah, let's Wait. do something we haven't done. I was going to say, like, we could do cinematic games, but we've done cinematic games more recently. Yeah, because so we talked about uh, L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. When I did say a casual capsule, we could put in the Vils. That is possible. <laughs> oh, God, shoot me in the head now. <laughs> okay, maybe not that one. <laughs> uh, let's, go, let's go Apocalypse. I, I just want to, I love thinking about the Apocalypse as often yeah, as possible. Yeah, let's do the Apocalypse. Let's do it. It's the end of the world and, and we're happy. It's what is the that song? end of the world with Not Your Own Gamer. And I feel fine. Right? Okay. That could be our theme song next week. <laughs> let's not ever repeat oh, that. Oh, okay. Let's not do that. Sam, you're so editing this week, right? You can cut that out. 
can cut that out. <laughs> uh, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> so next up, we're going to do Games of the Apocalypse. Woo! Time capsule. Time capsule. Wait, I did that to the Hot Pockets theme. Maybe we'll think of something else. You kind of did, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) All right. So uh, thanks thanks again, folks, for joining us for our 21st episode of the Not Your Mama's Game podcast. Um, So next up, we're going to talk about time. Our next time capsule episode is going to be on Games of the Apocalypse. So uh, until then, please uh, stay safe. Avoid zombies. Uh, and game on. <laughs> game on.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.